Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. The wait is finally over. It's finally here. The National Football League has returned. Nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League, as we can't say more than enough on this show. We're recording this Thursday night while the Tampa Bay Bucks are playing the Dallas Cowboys, and you could just already feel it in the air. The excitement of the 20-somethings to 60-somethings waiting for their first Sunday where they'll plop on that couch or recliner from 1 p.m. Eastern till God knows what time at night when the Sunday night football game finally decides to wrap up. Tell the wife to get lost. Tell the kids to go away. It's dad's time now. You leave dad alone. Football's back. We had those 134 days without sports. I'm watching my football today. Anyway, I guess that means we have to talk about it. We have one full week done in college football. The ACC maybe forgot it was week one of college football. We saw some good things from teams, some uh-ohs from teams, and that it looks like Alabama once again is going to run away with the whole damn thing. What else is new? But in the National Football League, so we can reel in the listeners. Here we go. Football. We got to start with your Baltimore Ravens. And not on a good note. Not on a everything coming out of camp has been great up to this point. Season begins Monday. Let's cook. We're excited. Instead, over the past week, and especially today in particular, just one injury after the next coming out of camp. Guys tearing their ACLs left and right. Marcus Peters, gone. Gus, gone. Before that, gone. What's happening to the Baltimore Ravens? We need an investigation on their practice facility or what happened today as to why there's so many torn ACLs. Just devastating Injuries to the running game. J.K. Dobbins. Gone. Now what? So we got Gusk back there. We'll see what he could do. Gone. What's happened to the Baltimore Ravens? Not a great way to have to now scramble just to get a warm body back there for Monday's opener. Well, Johnny, first of all, greetings to all our fans and friends on the Best Damn Podcast, period, which is what this is. And obviously, it is a very, very downtrodden, nice, for yours truly, a huge Raven fan and Ravens fans everywhere as their Super Bowl hopes took 
a huge hit with the loss of J.K. Dobbins in a contact injury, hit on the knee low during the preseason route that knocked him out for the season. And then today, uh, just a total and complete horror show with their first-round draft pick on the injured list for the first four games with a groin, the kid that was supposed to jumpstart this offense. They lose Gustavus. They lose Marcus Peters to ACLs. Obviously, they'd already lost Dobbins and backup Justice Hill. So for a team that lives primarily on the ground, not just with Lamar Jackson, but destructed their running game, these are crippling blows. And for a team that takes pride in their great defense and their cornerback play, to lose Marcus Peters, who is an all-pro and a ball hawk for the season, is yet another devastating gut punch just before the season starts. So as much of a Ravens fan as I am, my prediction of Ravens Rams will probably be amended before this night is out because it's, it's hard to envision them being able to go to the Super Bowl without all of those players, keeping in mind that these are not four, six, oh, maybe he'll be back by the end of the year injuries. These guys are all gone. They're gone. Uh, they will not be back. Hopefully they'll be back next year. ACLs obviously are debilitating injuries. They will be gone for season, all have surgery uh, and need to rehab and hopefully be back for next year. But in the meantime, the Ravens will have to, like this program, circle the wagons and find a way to compete in an incredibly difficult AFC and a very competitive AFC North. So uh, needless to say, yours truly is not in the best of moods on this opening night from Tampa where the defending champs are fighting the Cowboys in what looks like it's going to be a terrific game as Amari Cooper has caught another touchdown pass. And during our program, it looks like Dallas and Tampa will have a good old fashioned shootout, airing it out. It's a bunch of touchdown passes for each guy. Uh, Dak Brooks, like he hasn't missed a beat. Brady, of course, is throwing to anything. Uh, in a white jersey, as he always does, spreading the wealth. Gronk, Brown, and uh, Godwin, I believe, all the touchdown catches. And uh, Prescott looks very good. Looks healthy, throwing it well. And he had an interception that turned into a touchdown off a CD Lamb drop. Not his fault at all. Beautiful throw. So both the offenses are in high gear. It, it's been for the last two weeks leading up to this, it's been playoff predictions. It's been Super Bowl predictions. It's been fantasy talk nonstop. And now we're finally here. Everybody's got their predictions. We'll make ours in a bit. You talked about the weekend of college football. I thought high hopes for Oklahoma. Those pretty much went by the boards with a narrow victory over Tulane. I said they had to run the table and do it in impressive fashion, while everybody that's got their quarterback scored away. Oh, yeah, well, everybody except Alabama, whose freshman quarterback goes out and looks like he's been there for 10 years as they annihilate an incredibly overrated Miami team. We know Miami stinks. We always hear about Miami's back. Manny Diaz is taking over the defense. It's going to take bring the pride back. They got lit up. They got embarrassed. And uh, 
Alabama is terrific, but I don't put a lot of stock in that win because it's Miami and Miami blows. Miami stinks. Miami's nothing really resembling the program they used to be. They are a mediocre program and they got lit up by Alabama as Alabama will light up any mediocre program on opening day. A knockdown, drag out, old fashioned defensive struggle. Clemson, Georgia. Some people think, well, you know, all the pressure was on Georgia to win that game. Uh, others, well, you know, Clemson really needed it because the, the division stinks. Excuse me, the conference stinks. My point of view with Clemson is they played well. Their defense was strong. Yes, the conference stinks, but, you know, if they bat out and win the conference, they'll be able to say, look, our only losses to Georgia in the opener with their new quarterback who was feeling his way. And look what's happened since we've progressed. We're a ton better. We blew our way through the conference where the conference champs get us in the playoff. And Georgia did simply what they had to do. It wasn't that impressive. They didn't blow them out. In fact, the only touchdown was a defensive touchdown. So the Georgia offense wasn't exactly world beaters, but they got the job done and Kirby Smart didn't mess it up. So uh, they get off to a good start and they beat a Clemson team that they should beat. Alabama, status quo. LSU upset at UCLA. Some people are already talking about Ed Ogeron in trouble. I don't get that. But that's for really another day. And then we have our major league pennant races and our wild card races. Your Yankees, who couldn't absolutely could not lose, now cannot win, swept by Toronto. So as we go down the stretch of MLB, we have red hot wild card races. But still, everything focuses at opening week in the National Football League, and uh, you know whether or not Tampa Bay can repeat. Can Kansas City go to their third straight Super Bowl? And you know, is Aaron Rodgers? got everything mended and back to status quo. Uh, one of the top teams in the NFC, which I think they are battling Tampa and the Rams uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Cause to me, that's the class of the NFC uh, as we get ready to open the first week after this Thursday night start. I'm in a couple different, survivor pools and confidence pools and those sorts of things. And the first week of the season is tough to pick. And obviously that's the case for teams with different quarterbacks or different coaches and different looks. And what are we going to see? But if you just look down the list of games, you assume certain things, but I think we're going to have a pretty exciting week one and because of the circumstances of this year and just in general, what teams do with their postseasons, not playing their guys, their starters for the three weeks that we had those games, dealing with health issues and whatever else the team might be dealing with, you might see a lot of teams come out flat that you expected to play well. So I don't know. We talked about this last week, how much weight the college football playoff committee would put in the say Clemson, Georgia loss by the tigers. How is that going to impact them down the line this week? You don't necessarily have to write a team off or get the parade of champions ready to go. 
based on a blowout win or a blowout loss. The, the, the only way in my mind that impacts Clemson to a huge degree is if that game is, you know, 31 to three, they right. lost the game 10 to three with a quarterback who barely played last year. And Georgia didn't score an offensive touchdown. It's going into overtime at three, three, if it wasn't for the pick six. If Georgia has a big year, Clemson's able to point to that game and say that's our only loss. Now, Clemson's got a bad out. No ACC losses. You don't get any benefit of the doubt now because of the conference you're in. Just like Oklahoma. Oklahoma loses that game 10-3. to At least they've got Texas and Iowa State. I don't think there's anybody of that level in the ACC. I just don't. North Carolina loses their opener. So much for them being a contender. We saw what happened to Miami. So, in my mind, Clemson goes undefeated in the conference, wins the conference title in the conference championship game, a 10-3 loss to Georgia. They're clearly in the playoff. Who's going to have a better resume than that? Who's going to go undefeated? in a major conference, win their conference championship, besides Oklahoma, that's not in the SEC. UCLA going to do it? USC going to do it? Well, your only loss, by the way, is to what you think is going to be worst-case scenario, a top-ten team in Georgia, which might also be a playoff team. So I just don't understand this notion of how badly that loss impacts Clemson because they're not, because they're in a very weak conference. I think it only can help them because as I said, it was a close loss to now look, if if Georgia turns out to be a 500 football team, big difference, but none of us think that's going to happen. We all think Georgia is going to be fighting for the sec title. And if they wind up losing to Alabama, so be it. But if Georgia goes nine and three, 10 and two, whatever the case may be. And that's Clemson's only loss. going to be tough to keep them out of a 14 playoff. You know, with, with Alabama, Ohio State, or in a, the unlikely winner of a Big Ten championship game, it's not Ohio State. The winner of a Pac-12 championship, possibly Oregon, depending upon what happens in this week when they go to the Big Horseshoe. I just don't see how it hurts Clemson that badly. And you could see that in the second AP top 25 poll, not to say this will be what's written in stone when the college football playoff committee decides to do theirs, but people still pay attention to this and they dropped Clemson down to six. I think Oklahoma got hurt just as badly by their win as Clemson did by their loss. Yeah. I told you last week, this is Oklahoma's golden opportunity. Look at that schedule. It's Iowa State and it's Texas. Annihilate everyone with those possible two exceptions, which you just win, even if you just win them, and annihilate everyone else absolutely positively in. But now let's say they lose a game somewhere along the line and still win the conference title. People are going to say their conference sucks, their schedule sucks, and you know they barely beat Tulane in their opener. No knock on Tulane, but those are the games, not 61 to three, but they were way ahead in that game. 
They had a 20-point lead. They were at 34 to 14. All of a sudden, it's 40-35. It's the same Oklahoma story, right? The defense. Well, surprising to me because the defense last year, second half of the season, played very well. They got a new coordinator uh, who came in last year, and their attitude was to flip the field, to start turning their defense into the same kind of impact that their offense was. And just didn't happen. Just did not happen. Gave it up in the air, gave it up on the ground. Their Heisman favorite did not look good. Up to Heisman standards. Spencer Randall threw a couple picks. And they just got to be better in every every element of the game. They were sloppy. And you know, I just don't expect that out of a Lincoln Riley team. I don't. They're very well coached. Their offense is very impactful in both elements, you know, running it, throwing it. And they weren't sharp. Quarterback wasn't sharp. Receivers didn't look sharp. Overthrows, uh, bad decisions, drops, miss, missed assignments. And their defense, you know, came up big for them down the stretch. But, you know, their defense was mediocre in that game at best. So those are really opportunities that Oklahoma has to build their resume. And it did just the opposite. And it's become happenstance and assumed and, of course, by us, but still – when you see these Alabama teams just change the numbers on the back of the Jersey and get a couple different shoe sizes in there and maybe a number's different, but they roll out that same product year after year and don't miss a beat last season. They have one of the best teams ever. People say after LSU had one of the best offensive ever people say, and you think maybe there'll be a little bit of a drop. Their quarterback hasn't played. We know it's Alabama, but they did lose a lot of players. Heisman Trophy winner gone, the quarterback that made it happen, the running back behind him, et cetera. They come out there against Miami, and as you mentioned, Miami becomes a little overrated sometimes. How about they get one turnover, they're down three-plus touchdowns, They roll out the turnover chain, take it out of its case, put it on the guy, the recipient, and then the call gets overturned, and there was no turnover in the first place. First of all, you're getting blown off the field. Keep the chain in the case. I don't care if you returned it back for a touchdown. Know the time and place. Read the rules. And and then they get stuffed at the goal line on fourth and goal. Alabama's got the ball at their own one-yard line. On second down, it's a clear scramble outside the pocket. The ball goes past the line of scrimmage. It's clearly not intentional grounding. And Manny Diaz is going ballistic, calling for intentional grounding. Everybody's got the safety signal. And then on third and six, you know, oh, oh, by the way, uh, here's a 94-yard touchdown. Fix. And Manny's going nuts, screaming at the officials like the touchdown's on them. Uh, and, and Manny, it's third and six. From their own six, what, what what are you doing? How about you play some defense and get the ball back instead of giving up a 94-yard touchdown pass? It's an embarrassing performance by a program that was legendary and is now simply mediocre. 
whether it's Manny Diaz, you know, all this talk about Manny Diaz is going to turn the program around. This defensive genius. It can stop a strong wind. It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. I'm trying to blame it on the officials. Stop. They're living in the past. They haven't been anybody good in forever. And when they go play somebody good, they get destroyed. Every year we have the same story. Hurricanes are back. You know, they roll out all the old hurricanes. No disrespect. They're, you know, you need to roll out the old hurricanes to play, not to watch. Because you don't play like them. Their defense is horrible every year. Glad their quarterback's back. Had the terrible knee, you know, the knee injury. But, you know, I mean, what's he in his 10th year? Nice kid. Glad he's back. But, you know, he's, he's not a great player. He's a good player. And they're not going anywhere. Were they going to be seven and four, maybe? Eight and four? This is not a big time, big time football team. They're a mediocre college program right now. You know, for all their history and all their pomp and circumstance and all their prancing and all their dancing and their turnover chains, they haven't beaten anybody good in forever. And that was just, as far as I'm concerned, a continuation of the status quo of Miami football. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Return to the National Football League, and we have more games. And we have more teams. So we have to figure out seven playoff teams in each conference, including conference winners and our respective Super Bowl picks. I am going to announce right now that I am taking a, oh, how should we say, uh, a second bite at the apple because of, if, if if I could be so permitted, Simply because of today. I would have stuck with the Ravens despite the Dobbins injury. But with today's results, I'm hoping you're going to allow me to take a mulligan and take another choice in the AFC. If that's allowable, my Super Bowl prediction will be amended when we get to it. So why don't you start with your NFC picks for the divisions? Then I'll do mine, and then we'll knock out the three wild cards in each conference. All about mulligans on this show. You don't have to worry about that. The NFC East, since the Dallas Cowboys are playing the Tampa Bay Bucks, I mean, tonight was enough for me to see that they should win the NFC East. I don't trust Daniel Jones, so you can't trust Daniel Jones. You can't trust the Eagles and what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts. seems like they hate him as much as the Broncos hated having Tim Tebow on the team, even though they drafted both of them. And who knows with the Washington football team? I think the defense will be solid, but I don't know how much magic is going to be left in the arm. You don't even have to have an incredible season this year to win that division. I think it'll be similar to last year. Just get to eight wins. Just get to eight or nine wins. You'll be fine. I think what Dallas showed against the defending Super Bowl champions, win or lose Thursday night, 
that put me over the edge. Not like I needed to be pushed. The Aaron Rodgers FU tour that had so much amazing steam last season and then came to a screeching halt when it mattered the most where the red carpet was laid out to get back to the Super Bowl and they said, nah, we don't want it. Roll that back up. And you can't score more than three touchdowns in a playoff game before you're eliminated. The same old song and dance. But we're not picking playoff wins quite yet. I think the Packers roll to the division title in the north. In the south, hard not to go back with the Bucks. They're bringing everyone back. Everybody's excited about that. There's only six players on the roster that weren't with them last year. We get it. Okay. Tom Brady. Yep. Great. They look good. They look okay Thursday night. They could be doing a couple things better, but the way that they have that continuity and and having that year under their belts, I think, is going to help them, and there's, there's too many question marks with the other teams. Is famous Jameis going to really use that LASIK surgery and be one of the top half quarterbacks of the league? We'll have to wait and see, but give me the bucks. And for the West, difficult. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. Difficult in normal times. Now you're adding another quarterback to the mix. One team that maybe will switch its quarterback to the guy they drafted this year that we hate. Uh, I guess it's between the Rams and the 49ers for me. Seattle just stabs you in the throat too many times in the past. I'll lean Rams, and maybe Matt Stafford can actually do well against teams with a winning record because he's top three worst playing against teams with a winning record, closely followed by Teddy Bridgewater of my Denver Broncos. So that's not the greatest stat you want to be a part of, but it's a new dawn, a new day, a new year. I guess, begrudgingly, I'll go with Sean McVay and his L.A. Rams to take the West. I, I don't think the NFC is nearly as competitive as the AFC. And I find it very hard to disagree with you in any areas. So the reports are on uh, on the same page here. That's you know, never Dallas, good, folks. So just D- keep Dallas, Dallas almost by default. Do I think the Washington football team can uh, can compete? Yes. I think they can compete with their defense and they got some good people to skill positions. I'm going with the Cowboys in the South. You got to go with the defending champs. A lot of people like Atlanta. I don't, Uh, they just think that boy, oh boy, uh, the new coordinator is going to come in and, uh, things are going to change dramatically and they're going to start, you know, improving the defense and boy, boy, when I see it, uh, I just, you raised the issue with New Orleans. Everybody loves the coach and thinks he's their best receiver and Thomas is out. Their quarterback situation is questionable, even though I like Jameis. I don't know if the hour surgery is going to make that much a difference. And to me, it, it's uh, quarterback is a huge question mark on that team. And the quarterback position is a huge question mark for your team. You've got question marks. And Carolina. I can't believe he's ready to compete for a division title yet. Green Bay, slam dunk. Detroit in the continuing rebuild since 1958. Some things never change. I, I don't see 
Minnesota contending for a division title with Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Something might happen in defense is strong. Not a ton of weapons on offense. Agree with you in Green Bay in the North. I, I flat out like the Rams in the North. I like Pete Carroll, but I don't see them competing. And I, I just think the Niners' entire scenario is overrated. I know they have good personality. They're a Super Bowl contender. I don't buy it. I'll believe it when I see it. They're good. I think they can contend for the division. A ton of people want to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the coach is overrated. He really hasn't shown me a lot yet, except Gag in two biggest games he's ever coached in. One is the offensive coordinator, one is the head coach. So, to me, the Rams are loaded. I love the quarterback. Obviously, their defense is star-studded. They've got the best player in football, probably, uh, in Aaron Donald. And I think they've made a market upgrade at the most important position on the field. I think they're the class of the division. Now, they don't have a lot of depth, as everybody talks about, because they pay their stars exorbitant amounts of money. So, barring crippling injuries, i.e. the Ravens, Unlike everybody else who thinks that that division is up for grabs, I think it's the Rams division and the others fighting for second place. So to me, it's the Rams in the North, excuse me, in the West, Packers in the North, Bucks in the South, Cowboys in the East. Nothing earth shattering in terms of surprises other than maybe my pick for the Rams, who I think will uh, win the division and not by five games. But to me, the Rams go. 13, uh, 13 and four, 12 and six, and win that division by a couple games. Three wild cards, eh? Indeed, my friend. Not one, not two. Trey Zombres. I wish Major League Baseball was doing that as a Yankees fan. And even still, it might not even matter. I will go with the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Cardinals. Three teams that I would most prefer to see make the postseason. Seattle, I can understand a wild card, and the other two are wild cardy picks. You wonder now, wait what a Kyler second. Murray's going to do. You don't have the Niners in the West. No. So you got the Niners finishing last in the West. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm impressed by the guts of that prediction. You could think negatively and say. If Jimmy G has to miss a couple games, as they were incredibly riddled with injuries last season, as we remember, so you're throwing in Trey Lance and hoping for the best. I don't know if that's going to be the answer. I mean, those are the teams I would rather see because the Cardinals can be fun at times with their offense and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and now A.J. Green. The world's their oyster. Could be. And the I, love the negative th- I love the negative thoughts on the Niners. Five touchdowns, five picks. It could be the most exciting wild card game that we've ever seen. And, you know, Seattle does their thing when it gets cold. This 12th man is back. So they should. I be love Pete there. Carroll. Yeah. Love Pete. Love the enthusiasm. Going out there, catching passes, getting everybody pumped up. Everybody says throw it more, and Pete's going to keep running the football. We're gonna, Russ, running, we're gonna try and forget who's running. We're gonna try and who's running back is. I think he'll Russ, I think he'll let Russ throw it around more this year. Um, I am going to agree with you on Seattle. That will be my typical 
wild card pick. I am going to go off the board. I told you earlier that I thought they had some potential. I like the Chicago Bears. There's something about the Bears. There's something about Justin Fields that has me juiced. Because I don't think it's going to take, you know, 11 wins to get you one of the wild cards in the NFC. 10 and 7, maybe even 9 and 8 when I look around. So to me, it comes down to that last wild card team. Niners, Falcons, Washington football team, grudgingly because of their personnel, I am going to go with the Niners as my third wild card. However, I'm hoping I'm wrong because I'd love to see somebody else jump up. I'd love to see the Washington football team make it. I'd love to see Arizona make it. Absolutely, positively. I'd love to see the Niners finish where you say they're going to finish, in the basement in the NFC West. But again, I don't think it's going to take much more than a above 500 record to get a wild card in the NFC. I think nine and eight has a real good chance of, of getting you a third wild card. What do you think it's going to take to get you know, a third wild card? Think it's going to take 10 wins? I don't think so with the extra game. I think you could be okay at nine and eight. See, the thing that I, I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing is, is with the Bucks. You know, everybody's back. We're going to run it back. You know, do we remember a year ago when Kansas City resigned everybody? Everybody's coming back. We're going to run it back. We're going to we're going to run it back. We're going to win it again. Everybody's back. How can you pick against them? Yada yada yada. Well, they did. They only lost one game regular season. Memory serves me correct. So they ran it back, but then the injury started. The offensive line was crippled, and they managed to get through the playoffs against the Browns and the Bills, and then they got beat up in the Super Bowl. So yeah, the run it back to me doesn't amount to hill. Everybody wants to run it back. Everybody wants to win two in a row. But you're everybody's biggest. And it's not exactly like Tampa's got this long, successful playoff history, nor does their coach, of winning postseason games. So Neither does their quarterback. What is he had? Like five different times Tom Brady has had the chance to win again, I think, which is preposterous as usual. Tom Brady has this is the one thing that Tom Brady hasn't been able to slay the win back to back with ease. He's, he's, he's done it once. Yeah. Unlike, unlike Tim Duncan, who's never done it. So, you know, those who have Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe Bryant are lost because, you know, Kobe Bryant did it three times for a three peat and then obviously the last repeat. And Tim, Tim Duncan never did it once. So, uh, it's the hardest thing in professional sports to do. And Brady has done it once. And the Bucs have no long playoff history of success. So this notion of you know, all of the Chiefs who won their second Super Bowl a couple of years ago, we're, we're going to run it back. Everybody's back. Okay, everybody's back. It's a different season. Everybody's a year older. Especially your quarterback. And you're not wishing injury to anyone, obviously. But that man hasn't been hurt since he tore his ACL and miss the entire season. He doesn't miss any games. Well, now he's 
taking off the knee brace after he had the MCL problems. We'll be all right. Just be careful, man. Cause he goes down oh, for I- even two or three games that could make or break your season. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at more along the line of remember they were seven and five last year, and I understand why you know it took a while get ready to get him into the system, get coordinated with his receivers, offensive coordinator running the system that Brady wanted to run, more play action, etc. Uh, but still, it's not like they were fourteen and two, and. Blew everybody away in the playoffs. Into this, you know, we're, we're going to run it back. Makes it sound a lot hot. A lot, a lot makes it sound like so easy. We just bring back the same personnel. We're going to win it. Don't buy it. It's a hard road. It's a long road. It's a tough road. Not saying they won't do it. I'm just saying you know, this, this run it back routine gets very tired. We heard it last year. It didn't work. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report to the AFC. Speaking of running it back, a team trying to remain a champion of its conference after the Patriots took that crown. I couldn't tell you how many times in a row, but I like the Bills. And, seek, and seeking to go to four consecutive conference championships. Right? right. Lose to New England, win-win, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You may continue. I like the Bills to continue with that. Your division is, as you mentioned, a lot more difficult now that the Running game has been depleted before a game has been played. Marcus Peters being out of that defense is going to take some time to figure out. Man, ball hawk. Big time ball hawk. Yeah. When the two things that you love doing, running the football and blitzing all the time, are going to be in jeopardy on Monday. Yikes. I will go with the Cleveland Browns to win the division. Shocking that we've come this far with the Cleveland Browns. Why the hell not? As they say. AFC South. (laughs) Very hard. Very hard. Who do you trust? Honestly. Do you trust? Honestly. The quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Honestly. Ryan Tannehill. You think this magic can continue Derrick Henry tearing apart the league carrying the team on his back what are the Colts going to look like with their new quarterback is Trevor Lawrence going to be running for his life the entire game on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tyrod Taylor is unfortunately not going to be the answer for the Texans who are going to have to like look at Deshaun Watson sitting on the sidelines because they're just going to make him inactive every game till they figure out what's going on with him. Just a disaster in Texas. I mean, I guess you, you take the Titans. You've put a gun to my head. Sure. I don't even know how many wins. Seven? Eight? Whatever. Just the South is going to be tough. 
I presume. And then the Chiefs will win the West. Again, unfortunately, I can't see them falling down enough to be caught by the Broncos or the Chargers. The Bills roll on behind Josh Allen in the East. No surprise there. New England coming with a bullet in their rookie quarterback. Down South, I don't understand the new report's lack of confidence in Tannehill, who's proven he can quarterback a team to the postseason Ugh. repeatedly, who's got the most powerful running back in the game and has added another wide receiver to the stable. I think this is Tennessee's division to lose. I think it's a nightmare in Indy. I love Frank Reich, but I think wherever Carson Wentz goes, a mess is to follow. I'll skip out to the West before we come home to the North because obviously Kansas City is the pick here. Should be a hand ride home. Uh, However, Denver's coming. Raiders stink. And I don't know what to make of the Chargers. I love their quarterback, but we've seen big-time rookie seasons come back to earth. So as much as I love the kid, it's a new season. It's a new year. I want to see how well they open up, how consistent he is. They lost a ton of close games last year. Losing close games in the National Football League means you're a loser. Not you as a player, but as a team. Going 5-11 and 11 when you're 1-9 in nine in games decided by less than a touchdown means you don't know how to win close games. If you don't know how to win a close game, that means you can't win thing. So, Kansas City in the West. To the difficult circumstances in the AFC North, I would have picked the Ravens. I am no longer picking the Ravens. I'm hoping the silver lining to this cloud will be that not Lamar Jackson runs more, Lamar Jackson runs less. And the Ravens throw the ball more. I want them to throw the ball more. It's the only way he's going to develop. Uh, yes, use the running game to set up the, 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 the pass, but I want more first down throws. I want to see the ball going down the field more. Uh, in between the hash marks, using the running backs more, even if it's short stuff uh, as well on first down instead of running plays on first down. Use short passes uh, as and the tight end as part of, and the wide receiver screens and the running backs and play action on first down more and keeps him healthier and develops him more as a thrower. Uh, as a result, I think it will be more of a learning process And uh, I'm picking the Browns. I'm picking the Browns, who a lot of people think have the deepest roster uh, and most talented roster in the NFL. I'm picking the Browns to win the AFC North as much as it pains me to say so. Bills, Browns, Titans, Chiefs. Your AFC wild cards are? We're the same again, listeners, by the way. Just keep that in mind when you're heading to the books on Saturday to get all these in before the games start. I will go with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the slimmed Big Ben tour. See if that works out. I will give the benefit of the doubt to one Bill Belichick 
and assume that they will once again make the postseason. And I will homer this pick and say that the Denver Broncos will do just enough based on who they have on offense and defense. Teddy Nutt, hopefully, fucking it all up. Just enough to get in the wild card out of the AFC West. And what will it take to get that last wild card spot in your AFC? Will it take 10 wins in the AFC to get to that wild card? I think so. I think it's you have you need to get higher than you would in the NFC. So 10 and 7 is what you're saying your Broncos can reach. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's kind of the floor and that's kind of the ceiling. I think that's the number that you're not going to get any better than that. And hopefully you don't. Those do are else. high hopes. Those are high hopes. Okay. Uh, I think the old man brings the Pats back with the new kid in town. I agree with you there. I'm taking the Pats as my first wild card. I have to be incredibly subjective here. I love my Ravens too much to get them totally out of the mix. I think they will find a way to win 10 games and get a wild card. The third wild card for me is indeed wild. And to me, it's a battle between three teams. Uh, The despised Pittsburgh Steelers. The go-go Chargers with the best uniforms in the sport when they wear the throwbacks and the white helmets and the much maligned Tua and company down in Miami who supposedly were looking elsewhere for their quarterback, i.e. to Texas. So I don't know how sold they are on their quarterback and the program that they're running down there, but I am going to take and this is very tough, very tough. I am going to take, boy, oh, boy, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. And I'm only doing it because of the quarterback situation. I like your team better. I like Denver's team probably the best of the three. But Denver's quarterback situation uh, is in the middle of the three. I like Miami and their roster probably better than I like the Chargers. But I don't like the quarterback situation at all. He hasn't shown me that he can make all the throws yet. I know what Teddy Bridgewater can do. I know Teddy Bridgewater can take a team to the playoffs. I know he can win games. Again, let's rear its ugly head. It can't be a discussion of NFL quarterbacks without the term game manager coming into the program. So that's what we're going to call Teddy. And I think it will come down to the last week of the season between Denver and San Diego and the Dolphins. And I'm going to, excuse me, Sandy, I'm going to call him San Diego forever. It's just too, too long of them being the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the LA Chargers, the Fish, and your Broncos. And I'm going to go with the Chargers. 
but it is grudgingly. I would not be surprised at all if it's the Broncos or the Dolphins. Much deeper AFC than NFC. Yeah. Much deeper. And it's a begrudging pick for me trying to figure out who's going to come out of the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. Because you can't trust the Packers. You'd be a fool to do it. Regardless of who they brought in and the Aaron Rodgers goodbye tour, how great it would be. And then apparently if he won the Super Bowl, he'd still leave. But they can't score more than three touchdowns in the postseason. Can't do it. Give me four touchdowns, will you? Once. One time. So I don't want to trust them. I'm not trusting the Rams to get back there. Be not interesting to see with Matt Stafford, but I can't do that. Who do you trust? It becomes Tampa Bay by default for me. And I don't even like that. And how ugly of a pick is that to just go with what the expected chalk is? Yeah, sure. The bucks ugly. I'm going to do it, but I'm not happy about it. I don't even have a good like alternate because the alternates would be pretty preposterous. What are you going to say? The bears are going to get to the super bowl. Really? Already? Hey, it'd be exciting if it happened. The safe pick is the bucks. The boring pick is the bucks. I'll give you the boring pick and I'll say that they're going to the super bowl and let's have somewhat more fun than with the AFC selection. How about the bills get there and they beat Tom Brady's ass throw him through a table. Bill's mafia takes down the Chiefs in the the championship game. Obviously they're both getting there. If that's the case. And then they win one for the Gipper. No more field goal misses. No more four straight consecutive year droughts. No, it's all past. This is it. Josh Allen and co champions. Maybe. I guess. All right. Well, I made my, my prediction to Nick Wright of Ravens Rams with the footnote that Cleveland fans would be all the more frustrated because they would see two teams who originally were born and started in Cleveland. The Rams, look it up, folks, who were originally the Cleveland Rams before they had a West L.A., and, of course, the Raiders, who were the original Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously, I'm going to amend that as per our discussion. I'm going to take a mulligan. Uh, we'll knock off the AFC first. And uh, I will take uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to go back to a third consecutive Super Bowl to become one of the handful of teams to do that. The Dolphins, of course, uh, who lost the first and won the next two. Uh, The Bills, of course, who lost four straights. So I will pick them to go to their third consecutive Super Bowl, fourth consecutive AFC title game. Uh, I will stick with the Rams in the NFC. I love the defense. I love the quarterback. I dig Matthew Stafford. Sooner or later, things have a way of coming around. 
And I think this is Matthew Stafford's time. I think he's not only got the right roster, but he's got the right coach. So I think it's really a perfect fit. Uh, And I think as much as I want to pick Green Bay, because I think they could well play in the conference, they could absolutely win the conference. Absolutely positive. I would not be surprised, the least, if I'm wrong. I am going to go with the Rams. Right time, right place for the quarterback and the boy genius coach. Uh, But I would not be surprised at all if uh, Rodgers, now that the fences have been mended, leads his Packers to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Both would make for good stories, definitely. And great quarterback play in all the cases that we've thrown before you. There it is, folks. Our 2021 NFL picks. We had way too many picks in common, so take what you hear with a grain of salt. Should you so choose to head to some establishments and try to win some money on our behalf, we'll gladly take a quarter or half of whatever you make for the help. That's it. We're looking forward to football season. Ton of great storylines. Just being able to sit in front of the TV again like lazy slobs and watch football all day Sunday after doing it all day Saturday. Good to be back. And the defending champs are 1-0 courtesy of a hideous non-offensive interference call. If I sound like it's anti-Brady, nope, it's anti-officials. As always, I am Mr. Objectivity. I would give you that opinion if the scenario was flipped. And it was the Cowboys who got the benefit of the call. An awful non-call puts the Bucks in position for the game-winning field goal. Mike McCarthy all upset. Mike, it wasn't even close. Never a doubt that it was going to be the game winner. Al, good teams win, great teams cover. We'll do it again next week. Folks, my partner, the great John Tiny Lund. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. Al from White Plains. This is the best damn sports podcast, period. Until next week, have a great and safe sports weekend, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.